Hi guys, and welcome back to the La Fantasista podcast, where this week me and Gergs will dive into a short review of the games that just passed us on the weekend, but mainly we'll be talking about how to rebuild Real Madrid. As you guys must know, uh, today, when you guys will be hearing this, we're facing Atalanta in the UCL round of 16, and we have 11 outfield players, so yeah, not we're ha- not having a lot of luck, and I think our squad needs a lot of rebuilding, so we'll be mainly discussing that. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about with that matter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, Gergs, um, just quickly, Real Madrid versus Real Valladolid, what did you think of our game on the weekend? Um, awful game. We probably <laughs> shouldn't have won the game, let alone keep a clean sheet. But um, Courtois is just... He's just con- continuously proving why he's one of the best keepers in the world. And, yeah, we got lucky with a Casemiro header, and I don't know how we won that, but I'm very glad we did. Yeah, uh, with with the given circumstances, you're not going to really criticize the players or the manager for the performance because, I mean, what can they do? Uh, Courtois definitely saved us, and it, it was kind of funny because after the game and after Barca's game, a lot of the Barcelona fans were shitting on Mats just to praise yeah. Courtois. And that I, th- I think if anything, if that fan base can acknowledge how good he is, then everyone in the world must also. Um, yeah, sure. Arsenal versus Manchester City. Uh, I thought Manchester City just toyed with Arsenal. Like they got a goal within 76 seconds, I think it was. And then literally they were just like, all right, we have a game on Wednesday. That's a lot more important by and I feel like Arteta was just content with not losing by a lot which is just kind of disgusting to me as someone who likes Arsenal but uh yeah what do you think of the game um yeah Man-, Man City did a really good job at making sure Arsenal don't ever threaten them throughout the entire 90 minutes and yeah obviously they got a really early goal I don't it was holding right who lost the header to Sterling yeah it just so yeah I don't you lose a header to Sterling, but uh, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, they just took an er- took an early lead, and Man City are very good at holding on to their leads. Obviously, they have such a good defense, and yeah, it it just it was a very one sided match. Yeah, um, another one sided game for sure was the Milan derby. Uh, I was honestly not expecting this. I thought Milan would be coming into it a lot with like a lot more pride and. I don't know, I guess competitiveness, but Lukaku and uh, Martinez just played them off the park uh, 3-0. I mean, do you think Inter just can take the title now? They're the only ones in the top seven without Europe for the rest of the season. So, I... Yeah, they're definitely favorites. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they just completely destroyed AC Milan, and that's two wins in a row against them now. Yeah. Um, they Not too long ago with an Ericsson free kick in the cup. So, yeah, they're just clearly showing that they're the superior Milan side. And we'll see. We'll see how the league goes. Yeah, I, Juventus are having a bit of a resurgence, but I just think that they'll probably come back versus Porto, which means more Champions League games. They have the final of the Coppa d'Italia, so I, I don't really see them as a threat to Inter because their attack is just way too good. Yeah. Um. Uh, just two more games to cover quickly. Frankfurt beating Bayern 2-1 at home. 
which also resulted afterwards, um, Leipzig beat Hertha 3-0 to close the gap between two points. So while before the Club World Cup, it looked like, oh, no chance, Bayern are running away with it. They've come back, they've got one point out of six, and Leipzig are closing in now. Do you think that there's an outside chance that Bayern let it slip? Maybe a small chance because you can't really rule out anything in the sport. But I just I still don't see anyone but Bayern winning it realistically. Yeah, and I mean they were very very dominant versus Lazio. Like I know Lazio probably didn't do a good showing of themselves, but still to get four away goals in the Champions League, wonderful performance. Yeah, for sure. And actually, another team that got four away goals in the Champions League, PSG, losing to a very, very young Monaco side, 2-0 at home, which now leaves them four points off the top, two, uh, uh, one point behind um, Lyon, who are um, uh, also ahead of them. And Monaco is only one, po- a two, one or two points, yeah, two points behind them, so... I don't. I think Poch has started very, very poorly. Uh, I know. Yeah, he has had the worst start to, as a PSG manager since before their um, Qatari takeover. So that's actually really interesting. Yeah, and judging by the Champions League game, you wouldn't really think things are going wrong. But I think there's a problem yeah. with squad quality for sure. But it's been a horrible start, and Monaco, like, yeah. They're a young side, and PSG still probably have the quality with Mbappe and Neymar, but again, they're probably going past Barcelona, and those Champions League games start getting in your legs, especially with Neymar and Mbappe getting so many injuries these past two seasons. So, I mean, it's it's very interesting what happens in France because the top four is so tight. Yeah, I mean, Neymar is probably is their best player. But I mean, you can you you can't really use that as an excuse as injuries though, because PSG really shouldn't need Neymar to win Ligue Yeah, and they're struggling right now. So we'll see how it goes by the end of the season. If they don't win League One and Champions League, I think Poch will be in a very tight position. Yeah, I mean, I mean, could get sacked before his project really even starts, but. Moving on to our main topic of the day and the Real Madrid project. Um, whereas a few weeks ago we were hearing that Ramos is leaving, Alaba's coming in, and we probably don't have money to sign Holland or Mbappe. Now all these rumors are starting to come out. Ramos is definitely going to sign Mbappe and Holland. One of them is coming for sure. The other one might even come this year. So. I thought it would be a great time to talk about how to rebuild the squad because we're having so many injuries as well. And sometimes even though you might love a player or you might think they're great, if they can't stay fit, you got to get rid of them. So I think this is a great, great time to talk about how to rebuild our squad for the future because it's also aging a lot. Our starting 11, nobody is younger than 27 apart from Rodrigo sometimes when he plays and Asensio sometimes when he plays. But, I mean, generally we're starting a team of guys that are 29-plus, which isn't bad for now, but for the future, that's just unsustainable. Yeah, for sure. So 
let's go through this in a sense of identifying the problems with the team. Obviously, with the squad, as we said, age is probably the only one because we have world-class players in almost every position. But, yeah, what were some problems that you think that we have, like, tactically or positionally or anything like that? I mean, by far, our biggest problem is our lack of good wingers because, I mean, Asensio starts every game, and I'm pretty sure I can do a better job <laughs> at right wing. And then um, left wing, obviously, Hazard's always injured, and when he's not injured, he rarely ever performs. And then Vinny, he's just he's 20, and he's already finished. <laughs> and then, yeah, I, I mean, our, my only hope with our current squad as, for a good winger is Rodrigo. And he's really young, obviously. He's been injured for a few months. And, yeah, that's a, our wing. Our lack of good wingers is a really big problem. Yeah, so uh, listed under my problems is uh, the first one, not enough goals from out wide. Um, Asensio has two goals. Vasquez has played at right back a lot, but in previous seasons, he doesn't really score a lot of goals either. Rodrigo has a lot of assists and has been injured, but still he only has one goal, I think, this season, right? Yeah, against Inter Milan. Yeah, uh, and he has one in the league. Oh, no, he doesn't have one in the league. Uh, Vinicius has two. Both of them came in successive games versus Valladolid and Levante beginning of the season. It was like... And Hazard also has two, but, I mean, you know, it just yeah. when you rarely are <laughs> no fit, <problem>. it's not <laughs> really worth it. So... I think that's yeah. one of the main problems. Another one I identified is not enough chance creation centrally. I think as great as Cruz and Modric are, it's always play the ball out wide, cross it in, and it's so boring. It's so boring yeah. to watch. Especially when you don't have a killer in the box who can just head balls in like we had with Ronaldo. Yeah, and I think what, what was great with Ronaldo is, despite the fact that he was great with crosses, his runs also made it easier for us to actually create centrally too. He made such good runs that he actually like kind of Marcelo and Carvajal would run and then we would find a through ball to one of them and then it's a square ball to him. We j basically, I think he just has a tap in, but we basically never score goals like that anymore. And almost all our goals are either individual brilliance or a cross. So, I mean, Casemiro is our second top scorer with six goals, and I think all of them are headers. So, yeah, it's really not yeah. great. Um, another one that I think is important is over-reliance on the first 11. Um, last season, we were so good at rotating. We had so many options. Like, James Rodriguez would come in and just drop, like, four tackles versus Real Sociedad to, you know, be a really good defensive player in the game. And then we would have this other player and this other player come in. Bale saved us in that game versus Villarreal. So we had a lot of people chipping in. But this season, it's literally just if the first 11s fit, they play. If not, we're screwed. And that's why I think we need better and smarter depth in a lot of these areas. Yeah, especially someone who can cover for Benzema because he's obviously where our attack is basically Benzema and inshallah <laughs> um, and obviously he's out now and Mariano I, I like Mariano but he's just not that good he's, he's just not quality and, like, of the club yeah, which you know yeah I mean? 
Um, can't hold it against yeah, a player that they're not the exactly. best in the world, but but we mm-hmm. need better. Uh, yeah. yeah, and the last one that I think is we're just not flexible enough tactically as well. Like, it's always a 4-3-3. And kind of as we said before, it's always just pass out wide and cross it. It's so boring and it's so predictable. And I think that might be a reason why teams like Alaves, Elche, Osasuna, they're all able to get results against us because for a single game, it's easy to block out quality with organization. So, yeah, I think that that's a big problem of ours. So I think that we should start with who would you sell out of the squad? I mean, how much time do you have? (laughs) (laughs) There's so many people that we could sell, like uh, starting with probably my least favorite player, Asensio. Um, he can he can just get in the bin right away, and then um, Vinicius. I think he's just starting with the attack. Vinicius. I think he is. Um, I don't think he's gonna offer us much, but he he's still worth a little bit of money. So we could either sell him or put him in a trade deal for I don't know Mbappe, Holland depends, um, and then. Uh, I think I, I think we we would we'll probably get rid of Mariano and or Jovic in the summer as well. Yeah, and yeah, there's some other players in the squad like Ceballos, and I think Odriozola should go too because he just he has no use in this team even when Carvajal's injured. And yeah, I mean there's there's a lot more, but yeah, that's just the yeah. So I'll go through mine just like by names, and then I'll say like my approximate prices. Uh, so. I think Odriozola, Asensio, Vinicius, Mariano, Ceballos, I agree with you fully. Um, I think Isco has to go. I think he has absolutely no motivation. Every time he comes on the field, it's like he still has that silky touch and he has good dribbling, but I I just don't think he has... I just don't think he has the fight and the desire for Real Madrid, and I don't really see a use for him that much, to be honest. And then... I also think that Vallejo should be sold. I mean, he's not been part of the picture for a long time. Vallejo might get sold for a bag of chips. (laughs) At that, we'd be lucky if the bag was full. (laughs) Uh, And then Bale, even if it's for free or 10 mil or whatever it is, he needs to go. Get him off the wage bill. We need to get him off the wage bill. And then I know this is going to be very controversial with the Real Madrid fan base, but... I think Hazard has to go. Um, whether that's in a trade Absolutely. deal, whether that's in back just back to Chelsea, I, I'll take thirty to forty-five million, get his four hundred sixteen thousand year pounds per week off the wage bill. I'm sorry, like this has been that's about big. a one hundred sixty million pound investment, and we have got in return sixty good minutes versus PSG, a long shot versus Huesca. And a lot of very frustrating articles about how he's gaining and losing weight. Um, and a whole bunch of reasons. Yeah, I mean, it's just like everyone says that he doesn't train well. And then he comes to a club where no matter what your name is, you're supposed to train well. He's not a big name here. Like, he doesn't have clout when you compare him to guys like Benzema, Ramos, Cruz. Like, these are World Cup winners four-time Champions League winners, and I understand he was a great player at Chelsea, but when it comes to like the legacy you're leaving behind, uh, I don't think he can talk to those guys, and I don't know if it's 
down to him not training hard enough or if it's down to our bad medical staff, but I just think it's such a waste of money. Get as much as you can right now. Yeah, I agree. So with these player sales and um, wages, I think we could accumulate about 165 to 250, like low ball to high ball. Players like Isco, I said 10 to 20 million, Hazard 30 to 45. And so, yeah, 165 to 250 would be a lot to get. I mean, 250 would be great, but even if it's 165, that'd be amazing. We made 100 million profit this past summer. And also the wages we'd be saving on the players we named would be 1.5 million per week, which adds up to about 72 million a year. So, I mean, we would be... about half of Messi's wages. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but um, we would be trimming so much from our squad. And also, we have Rainer and Mayorel who will remain out on loan. And I think Kubo is a player that we need to loan out again. So My deal is like, um, I remember reading this a few days ago. It's um, they can choose to buy him for $15 million this summer or $20 million the next. Hmm. And he's been pre- playing pretty well. So I think they're, they might just drop the money and buy him this summer. I mean, yeah, more power to them then because $15 yeah. million would be great. Um but Rainer, I, I don't think there's an option like that. I think it's just a straight loan until 2022. And I think he needs to go to another club. Though. Yeah, uh, that's probably true. I mean, Dortmund, we're not sure. We'll, we'll get to their striking options later. But yeah. uh, I, th- I do think that if Royce is not going to be getting a lot of playtime, he might start filling in, but he's barely got anything. And they have GR Reyna, they have Julian Brunt, so... Yeah, maybe yeah. a new club for him. And I think a new club for Kubo, too. I want Kubo to go to an attacking team. and Maybe even a team like... He start. Yeah, he just needs to be starting. Even a team like Ibar, who press high, they play good football. Like Just for him to get playtime in a system like that... I don't know if you've actually paid attention, but there's a player that Ibar have on loan this season from Sevilla called Brian Hill. He is third in Spain for key passes per game. And obviously, Ibar are one of the worst teams in the league in terms of like where they're at in the table. David. He's only 20 years old, basically no experience with Sevilla. And with their system, he is just blossoming. Like This is such a good year of development for him. And I think Kubo could use something like that. Or also a year in the Bundesliga would do great for him. Like just, just attack. Just attack and get your finishing and your dribbling and creation, like get it up basically is what I want for him. So with all of that in mind, we would actually have 19 first team players, which obviously is not enough. And as we see now, it's a really big problem for us because we have a lot of injuries. So um, I want you to tell me what your problem areas are, like where you want to make your signings. Um, obviously, since let, let's say we get rid of Odrio Zola, we have to get a right back. I'm not sure if that's going to come from the academy or like a cheap option, or we might even renew Vasquez and keep him there to play right back. So that, that's a, that's an area to speak about. And then obviously some wingers. Um, and I mean, we, we might just bring Kubo in, which Kubo back to the club to, if Asensio goes. I don't know if that's the best option since he won't play much. 
But yeah, there's there's that to fill in, and then obviously a few more attackers, just because we just can't score any goals sometimes. Yeah, and I, I feel like our midfield might be a little thin. Obviously, Casemiro still has no backup. Uh, maybe Antonio Blanco from the academy will step up. He still hasn't played any minutes, I don't think, this season. And um, yeah, I think that's it from what I from what I can remember. Yeah, so I'm um, very similar in that. Um, I said sign a backup right back, sign a backup central defensive midfielder, and I mean defensive midfielder, um, <laughs> an auxiliary forward. So I want someone that's flexible because besides Rodrigo, who can play left and right wing, um, I don't think anyone else is really flexible. Like Asensio plays yeah. left and right, basically like the Alex both. Jones transformation. Uh, <laughs> just absolutely useless on both sides. Um, and that's literally about it. That, that Like that, that is genuinely it. Um, so, and then the two other signings, this might be unrealistic, just as a side note for everything we say, this is just our opinion on what we would want to see happen, not necessarily what we think is the most realistic. But I would definitely seeing as we will probably have made at least 250 to maybe even 350 million profit over the last two summers, I would just drop the bag on Mbappe and Holland. I, I mean, no better time to get them. Uh, Holland, if we do it this summer, we might have to pay more than next summer, but it keeps our relationship good with Dortmund. And I think we have Jovic who we can send to them. I don't really see how they say no to the deal considering they like young players, obviously. And there's not many other strikers around Europe that are as proven in the Bundesliga as Jovic is. I mean, obviously, he was great at Eintracht in his first spell. Now he's started pretty good as well. Like, he's getting limited minutes. But if we give them $100 and and Jovic on loan for a year or two, I mean, I don't really see how Dortmund turns that down. I mean, yeah. And then also, Dortmund are currently sitting sixth in the table. And if they don't finish top four, Holland's definitely gone. And if, I mean, fingers crossed, they do finish outside of the top four. Yeah. That means that's just our green signal to go for. Yeah. And then um, for the Mbappe deal, um, again, he, he'll be free next summer. So I think PSG don't have a lot of wiggle room. And 100 million plus Vinicius Jr. is a deal I think that Pochettino especially will bite buy at because obviously you're getting 100 million for a player who in 12 months will be leaving you for free but also you're getting a 20 year old who obviously at Real Madrid has been going down but a change of scenery an easier league he's a hard-working player which Pacha obviously likes and I don't know how many players there are that have a higher profile than Vinicius maybe he doesn't deserve that profile but he does have a lot of value like to his name again might be unjustified but i think that <laughs> might be a good signing for psg and obviously would be great for us yeah that's true like uh, vinicius is definitely like a brand in the making and obviously he's gonna go play with his uh, like let's say he does go to paris um he will go play with his idol and obviously neymar can mentor him you know he can learn from neymar a lot I think this could be a great investment for PSG if they can get Vinicius. Yeah. 
Um, now on to the more interesting options. I mean, Mbappe and Holland, clear as day. Who would be your backup right back? Are you just extending Vasquez or are you signing someone? I would say extend Vasquez just because we can, we need to save funds. If we, I mean, even if we go for one of Holland or Mbappe, we're going to need to save some money. So, and then Vasquez will obviously be, be our cheapest option if we want a, like an experienced uh, player. And Vasquez is not just a right back as well. He can fill in right mid, right wing. So he's a good utility player. Sometimes he does annoy us, but I think he's still a good option for backup right back if we want to be saving money for elsewhere. Yeah, um, respectable, obviously. I actually went for a different option. So obviously, as I mentioned before, with us saving like or gaining $100 million in the transfer market this past summer and with all the sales that I think we could realistically make, um, I've actually bought a backup right back. Now, this player has two years remaining on his contract and he's 23. He can also play center back as well. And I'm sure you know him, Nordi Mukiele from Leipzig. So just yeah. a little bit about him. Uh, this season in like 22 games, he has three goals and two assists, which is a lot more contribution than um, Mendy has going forward. And although that does sound good, like great attacking output, where he's actually very strong is defensively. And I think when we have Carvajal playing, he's just like, a right back who's just bombing forward all the time. But I think having a different type of option in Mukiele would be great. Mukiele, his numbers per 90 for tackles are 3.5, which ranks top 2% in all of Europe for fullbacks. And he also wins 3.4 aerials per 90, which is also top 2%. Now, I think these two are extremely important because... One, the only really volume tackler in our squad is Casemiro. Everyone else kind of intercepts the ball or might win it with pace, recover it. But we don't have many players that just will go into a tackle and win the ball. And then with the aerials thing, um, I think as much as Ramos and Varane are very good at it, we get beat really, really easily at the back post with Carvajal and Mendy being pretty short and not great at headers. So I think that is going to be a very, very important quality with Mukiele. He's 23. He's a right back, but he can also play center back. Um, he's great at pressures, ranks top 4% in Europe. He's great at, this is an important metric actually for Real Madrid because we have so many good progressive passers, like players who just move the ball up the field constantly. Um, he receives 4.3 progressive passes per 90 which ranks him top 5% in Europe among fullbacks. The reason why this is important is it shows that he's able to find space higher up the field. So just like he's good at defending, he's also good at getting forward and moving the ball forward. And yeah, I mean, I think for 35 to 40 million, this is a very like realistic signing. We could probably even get him for cheaper. And I think it's a really necessary one because of other signings and recommendations I'm going to make later. So 
that's my option at right back. What do you think? Yeah, with all those descriptions and facts you just um, stated, he sounds really good. I mean, I know he's he's really hyped up, but I've never actually watched him play or paid attention to him. I mean, if we can get him for 35 or so million, if it's lower, even better. I mean, why not? You know, he sounds great. And Carvajal is nearing up on 30 years of age. And yeah, sounds good. Yeah, and then... I think like there's rumors that Varane might leave or something and he would just be a good op like he's basically a French Militao in a way. And he's better than Militao at something. So having two really athletic, tall, big, fast, and good on the ball players that are able to fill in at center back, fill in at right back, I think that could be really important for us. Um as a backup to Casemiro, I think this is the single most important signing after Mbappe and Holland, or maybe even more important than one of those two. Um, who do you think? Um, um, see, here's the thing. I want to, I want to say Kamavinga. He can play both defensive mid and box to box. He's also a volume tackler like Casemiro, but I don't, I don't want us to sign him this summer because I just think we'll we'll just ruin him because he he won't he will rarely play like with Odegaard this some this season. So, I'm not sure. I think we should I think we promote uh, Antonio Blanco and just give him some chances slowly. Yeah. Um as much as I think Blanco is hyped up, the only reason I'm doubtful is because even this season when we're having so many injuries, we have like 11 first team players He's not getting chances, and I really want this team, like the goal, the goal that I'm trying to achieve with this podcast kind of is my idea of the next Real Madrid team that can actually dominate, and so I think promoting Blanco is good, and we should do that with, like, we should promote a few young players. I think him, Chust, and um, Ariba should be part of the first team squad next season, as well as Miguel Gutierrez, who I think should be um, our third backup left back, I'd say, behind Marcelo. But I don't necessarily want Marcelo playing left back that much. Last time out, he was playing like a left center mid, left attacking mid, and he was very, very good. And I think just like his experience, his desire will always have a use to Real Madrid. So I think we should keep Marcelo, but Gutierrez should start getting minutes. I think he was the player of the tournament when we won the F, uh, the cup, uh, the Youth League Cup. So, yeah. But to replace Casemiro, or not replace Casemiro, but someone that I think can give him a rest and someone that will agree to being solely that, just someone who will give Casemiro a rest, this is something that I might get disagreed with, upon by a lot of fans because it's definitely a left field shout but i think we should get andre frank zambo Anguisa from who currently plays at fulham so fulham are obviously a relegation threatened side but this guy is exceptional he is in the top one percent of all midfielders in europe when it comes to dribbles completed per 90 He's completing 3.4. Compared to Casemiro, com- Casemiro completes 0.6 per 90. So he is a monster when it comes to 
close control of the ball, um, distributing it out after like progressing the ball. And his defensive actions are not actually like low like you would expect a player like that to be. So Casemiro this season tackles interceptions per game is putting up 5.8, 5.1, sorry. And Anguisa is at 4.7. Now, although Fulham are a relegation threatened side, they're actually a possession side. They have very similar possession statistics to Real Madrid. Uh, they're a bit lower, but, you know, contextualize the league and everything else. Um, so I don't think that his tackles and interceptions are like boosted by, you know, just defending all the time because Fulham don't really do that. Um, he is so good at dribbling, which is something that we really don't have that much in the center of midfield. Like we have Feda, who's fast. We have Modric, who's great with his feet. But Cruz and Casemiro. Didn't he drop 11 dribbles yeah, the other did. day? Uh, that was a great performance. Um, and something that is really, really like stand out about him is he, last season in 1920, he played in uh, La Liga, actually. He was on loan at Villarreal, who finished fifth last season. So Casemiro last season, the reason why he was so good was he was just a monster in defense. He was putting up 34.2 defensive actions per game, which to contextualize what? is in- basically insane. Like he was the best midfielder, I think, in all of Europe for that metric. I'm not 100% sure I could be wrong on that. But I mean, 34.2 is like genuinely an obscene number. Like that's not just elite central defensive midfielder. Like if you're doing that, for a team that holds a lot of possession, like we hold 55 to 60 usually, you're the best center defensive midfielder in the world. Now, Kimmich might be better at passing and whatnot, but when it comes to defending, last season, no one touches Casemiro. So so in that same season, in the same league, Anguisa was putting up 28.7, which was top 10 in the league. I mean, great, great for him, uh, especially seeing that Villarreal were also a fairly good possession side. So I think he gives us the defensive stability. He presses more than Casemiro, actually, which is good for us again, um, because the type of games that I would be using this player in would be, you know, like versus the lower league opposition or easy Champions League games, easy cup games. And he also has 88% pass completion, which could improve with better players around him. He progressively carries the ball a lot towards the goal. I just don't really see the downside. He does have a few years remaining on his contract, I think two or three. But, I mean, realistically, Fulham can maximum maximum ask us for 15 to 20 million. And for a player like this, age 25, he's going to come and agree to be a backup. I mean, he's coming from Fulham to Real Madrid. I don't really see the downside of this. Yeah, that's a great shout. I think you now that you say all this about him, I think he might just be a fantastic. Yeah, he's like, he's like a gem. Uh, another player that I want to shout out that I'm, I was just like thinking about very very strongly, but I opted for Angisa and then is uh, I'm gonna mispronounce this, but Arely Shumani. He is a 20-year-old who plays at Monaco. And just a few nights ago, he dropped an absolutely crazy game versus PSG. He had six tackles, 
I think four interceptions, like 12 recoveries, just a defensive masterclass from him. And his numbers are so similar to Casemiro. It's pretty crazy. He's putting up 5.7 tackles and interceptions for Monaco, like 4.6 progressive passes, which is like the same exact number as Casemiro. He does have bad dribbling, which might actually be the reason why I chose uh, Anguissa in the end. He has like very similar numbers to Casemiro. And when I watch him, I can see that he's not just dribbling a lot, but it also might be down to roll. So he is only 20, 21 years old. So in the future, when Casemiro's like getting closer to retirement, I think he could be a really great option. He's six foot one, which is the same as Casemiro. He's very good aerially, um, at least in the defensive end. Obviously, Casemiro is great in the opposition box, too. Uh, so he could be a long term replacement, but I opted for Angisa for this. And I think the last player we need to sign is an auxiliary forward, just a guy that can do a few roles in a few positions. Uh, do you have anyone for that? I mean, we've talked about him before. There's only one guy you think about in that field, and that's Mbappe. I mean, he amazing at left left wing striker as well as right wing. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, Holland also, I think... We don't really need to say anything about that. <laughs> Just get him at any cost. Yeah. <laughs> but the last player that I want to talk about, and I think we should get, if for anything, just for Barcelona not to get him, and that's Memphis Depay. Um, Memphis Depay Absolutely. would be free. He earns 80K a week, so we can double, triple that without even noticing the money go out of our pocket. And, I mean, the guy is literally insane. Like, doesn't get enough attention. Uh, Last season, he got an ACL injury. He was having, like, an amazing season. Got an ACL injury, came back in the summer. And it's like he never got injured. So, in 21 games, he has 14 goals and 7 assists. Admittedly, 7 of those goals are penalties. But... I mean, he's 27. Again, he's free. He's cheap. What do you think? Um, yeah, uh, we talked about this a few days ago. And, I mean, he's, he's he can play left wing, striker. I'm not sure if he can play right wing or not, but that's enough versatility for my liking. And, obviously, he's, he's cost effective. He won't cost us much. And he especially if we don't get – Mbappe, I think he's yeah, a must. Yeah, and I think another position he can play and has played for the Dutch team is kind of like a second striker or even an attacking mid. And I'm going to sound a bit nerdy here, but I'm going to reel off some of his numbers because they're ap- like just exceptional beyond belief. So he is first in Europe for expected assists per 90, which is at 0.4. And he does take corners, admittedly, but corners are usually low quality chances when it comes to expected goals. So he is just creating a very high quality of chances. Like I'm not sure if it's counterattacks because Leon are good at counterattacking, but his chance creation this season is immense, which would explain his seven league assists. And this is a thing that I think Real Madrid misses a lot. Shot creating actions are basically just 
you pass to someone and they shoot or you shoot yourself or you complete a take on which leads to someone else shooting in our squad Benzema is obviously our star man in attack he creates 3.06 shot creating actions per 90 Depay creates 5.2 this is top 2% in Europe among all forwards I think the guys that are like in and around this number are literally just like Ronaldo, Lewandowski, Messi. So just exceptional, exceptional from him. Um, he's completing 2.2 dribbles, which again, top 5% in Europe, just fantastic. Um, but even more like in depth about these dribbles, what's really important is progressive carries are a stat that's measured, which like talks about how how many times you carry the ball forward which takes you five or more yards closer to the opponent's goal. So sometimes it's not just about, oh, I can do the skill and beat this player. It's about I can run into space and I can get my team up the field through that way. Uh, He's completing six per 90. And in our squad, Benzema, obviously star man attack, uh, he has 5.1. The only player that might pass Depay is Hazard with his Premier League statistics, but obviously... We haven't seen that form from him. And he's also a great progressive passer. Again, goes ahead of Benzema in that metric. He also attempts almost as many passes as Benzema, which means he's also involved in play. Obviously, Benzema is so key to our play overall. And um, I think Depay can do that too. And the last stat I want to say before you guys all get bored, um, he's... Very good at doing what I said earlier about Mukiele. He's really great at receiving progressive passes, which means he can find the space, especially as a forward, he can find the space where someone can give him a through ball or where someone can find him in between the lines from which he can create, which just tells you he's a very smart player. He receives about 11 per game. Um and Benzema's at 9.5. So I'm not saying Depay is better than Benzema. I'm just saying statistically he's measuring up to, and if not beating, our best attacker. He's free, cheap wages. Barcelona don't get him, and he's probably one of the best players they can get right now. I think this is just a no-brainer for us. Yeah, especially when you have someone like Asensio (laughs) playing in your wings. I mean, we can sell him even for fifteen million and get Dupai in for free, and probably on similar wages as well. It's literally a no-brainer, and it can't go without being mentioned. Yeah, he does have uh, I think I, I would love to see him like put Zidane in a music video or something. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, his music. <laughs> we need a yeah. His music's actually not that bad either. Yeah, he has a song. Uh, oh, I don't remember the name, but he did, he does have pretty good music actually. So. I'd be very down to have him rapping after we lift the Champions League and the treble. Uh, yeah. Um, other things I would do around the squad just before we wrap it up here, I would bring back Odegaard. And honestly, it's between him and Depay who starts at attacking mid because I would change the formation to a 4-2-3-1. I don't know if you agree with that, but I think we've been with the 4-3-3 for like six years in a row. And I think it's just a bit outdated with the type of players we have. Like a 4-3-3 isn't really used by any top teams in, around Europe. And 
there's a reason for that. And I think the four two three one, especially with the talent that we've said and identified, I think I think it's a better choice. What do you think? Yeah. I mean that's definitely something we can experiment because we do have a lot of midfielders who can also who can do a very good job in that double pivot, like Casemiro obviously, and we have Modric, Valverde, Tony Cruz. And attacking midwise, yeah. Um Odegaard obviously I think going I think looking into the future, maybe like three, four, five years, I think he's the guy that's gonna be our creator if we don't sell him this summer, which hopefully we don't. And yeah, then Depay can also fill in there, of course. And I think four four two three one can be can bring us a lot of yeah, success. Um I, I think it just fits better. I think you allow Rodrigo to start at right wing, Mbappe to start at left wing, Holland up top with his buddy Odegaard or Depay behind him. Uh, Casemiro and I would start Cruz, actually. I think Cruz is just so crucial with uh, um, his set-piece ability. And Modric, as much as he's been great, I don't think he should be playing as much as he is playing because maybe we can get an extra season of him being a rotation option rather than run him into the ground for one more season and that's it um and Fede Valverde if he earns his chance to play over any of these players great I think he's a great talent but he is definitely been shown to be injury prone so I think Anguisa and him being back up to Casemiro and Cruz on the other side will just be great and just gives us a lot of flexibility yeah yeah Sounds um, good. So, yeah, yeah I think yeah. we've done a good job at rebuilding Real Madrid. I think that our signings are at least realistic to an extent. Now, will they happen? Will they not happen? I don't I don't think Real Madrid will ever look at Anguisa, unfortunately. I don't think we make those types of smart signings. Um, Mukiele might yeah. be one we look at, but even that I'm not sure about. But, yeah, I mean, I think this would... I think this would really set us on a better path because we're not losing any of our quality, current quality that we have in the squad, Benzema, Ramos, Varane. But we're also giving them good backups. We're adding much-needed goals in Mbappe and Holland and Depay. And, yeah, I think we're just building better for the future and for the present. Yeah, and then also one last thing. I I think we should also, of course, look at when we're looking at our midfield in the future, Gamavinga, who's who is an amazing talent, and he's been amazing since he was sixteen years old. So he he can also be yeah. In the mix um, there. I I think the issue with Gamavinga is he had a drop off this season, and I think like that's that's not an issue for him or for us. That might just be an issue for like fans of other clubs being like oh maybe he was overhyped but I think it'll be good because the hype goes down less clubs actually might want him so if Ren can hold on to him just for one more season then maybe Modric retires or Cruz gets another year closer to retiring because he said 2023 so I think we can wait to get Kamavinga just because he's so so young yeah, the thing though is his contract does end next summer. So if we don't sign him this summer, which we probably won't, he will have to renew. Uh, yeah, friend. but I mean, also if he's willing to stay another year and come to us for free, then 
that would just be amazing. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I think we did a great job. Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast again. Always lovely to have you. And let's hope that we beat Atalanta. I'm not going to try to make any predictions because uh, we have 11 fit players, and Luis Muriel has uh, two goal contributions per 90. So, yeah, I'm not looking forward to this. <laughs> All right, bye. Pray for us. <laughs>